You're about to listen to the Healthy Church Growth Show with me, Madge Abasaki, minister, author, and visionary of growthechurchnow.com. I'm also known as the Healthy Church Growth Advocate. My guests on this show are fellow ministers, church leaders, and experts in their field. We'll share practical tips to address challenges and provide solutions for the church at large every Monday. Enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode, episode 21 of the Healthy Church Growth Show podcast with me, Madge Abasaki. And today I have a really good friend with me, Pastor Shana Wise. She's actually Dr. Shana Wise as well. And she's over in Florida in a, a little place called Jacksonville. It's not so little, though. Hello and how are you? Greetings, everybody. Greetings to my friend, Minister Madge. I am glad to be here and I am excited to share with you and the listeners. Fantastic. Well, today we're going to be talking about a journey you made from 2016. Uh, That's when we met. And um, I reached out to you on, uh, it was LinkedIn, the professional uh, platform. We got friendly, talked. I told you what I did. Uh, for local churches and you were interested in that and actually we did some work together on your assembly as it was but take it up from there tell tell the listeners what happened okay so in uh, 2016 I had launched out into a brick and mortar building um, around about July and it was wonderful wonderful experience had a small congregation very small but how many y'all know that God could do amazing things with just a few people Absolutely. learned a lot got a lot of uh I I was uh I got a lot of lessons that I needed during that time um mm-hmm. of that congregation um mm-hmm. those lessons were necessary to where I am at now Mm. as a pastor. Uh, We had church there for a little over a year. We were growing spiritually, uh, most importantly. uh, And we we had a few members, but it got got to a point where I had to make a decision to stop having ministry and, and, and close the doors during that time. One mistake that I made was trying to do everything as the pastor, meaning, you know, doing a lot of the administrative part from doing that to the getting service set up to setting up equipment on Sunday morning to there was just a lot of, of hats that I that I took on in that role. And guess what? Uh, got a little burnt out, got a little burnt out. So I had to learn. The, I did try to delegate. I did. And I did delegate. However, there was a problem, again, with me having my hand in everything. There was a problem. And I, and I, I did get uh, burnt out. I got frustrated um, and discouraged and discouraged. Well, that's really authentic of you. And thank you so much for sharing that. As I said, anybody out there now, and it's mainly pastors, leaders in the church that listen to this podcast and people who run ministries because the church and ministries are slightly different but i want to ask you you mentioned that you delegated 
but yet your hands were still full. What was it about the delegation that didn't really work very well? People, let's say uh, you might have members, as a leader, as a pastor, you need to hold people accountable. Um, however, you have people that may not want to be held accountable or just don't have time to do what they're asked. So due to that, um, my whole attitude will church has to go on, you know, with or without them, whether they want whether they want to help or not, or if they have time to commit. Um, I was all in. I had time to commit to it. However, sometimes as leaders, we have to step back and reevaluate, but how effective is this? Meaning my hand is in everything, but it, am I being effective or is it or is it being overall good for the church? Mind you, the, uh, the congregation was growing spiritually, but uh, a lot of the preparation that goes behind, uh, let's say Bible study, church, marketing, advertising, community outreach, um, all of those things have to be developed. Time has to be spent there. Um, but as a leader, our job is to develop the ones that we are leading, we have to develop them into leaders. So sometimes before we delegate leadership skills, we have to train them to lead. And that takes time, it's a process. And, and so uh, with that balance, you know, you know, I'm the kind of person, I just wanna, let's just keep it moving, let's keep it going. But sometimes we have to slow down, reassess, and, and remember, Minister Mash, that was the lesson that I needed to get now, is that I'm still learning. Before I delegate, before I say, ask, well, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, uh, discipleship has to take place. Leaders, that's what discipleship is. It's developing others to lead. Yes, and that, that is such a key point, and it just does not happen overnight. Just because we've asked somebody to do something doesn't mean they're actually capable or equipped to do that. And one of the things that we talked about when I was working with your assembly back then was how can you offload some of this administration? Because I know because I work with a lot of church leaders, what happens is they get, they're either very administrative and executive or they're very spiritual. And in between mm -hmm. that, you've got all this stuff going on. And unless you get that, um, what I call strategic admin sorted out, it does not work for you. And burnout is something I know about personally. And, and of course, you established this uh, with your husband, uh, the dear Deacon, Deacon Ron. How was he feeling about things? I praise God for my husband. I tell a lot of people, I might have the title of pastor, but in the home, he's still the priest. Um, he is my covering. He is, uh, he helps with spiritual guidance. And he's, he knew personally up close the burden I was carrying. He helped me to say, shut it down, take a break. This is what's needed. Um, so I praise God for him. Um, and I'm not just doting on him because he's my husband, but it's very important 
to have somebody that doesn't always think like you or agree like you with you and uh, leadership. You need a different perspective. You need a different, you need people around you to tell you no. I yeah. see that a lot. Of, and my husband doesn't have a problem telling me no. And he knows how <laughs> spoiled, he spoiled me. However, uh, when it's time for him to, and he's not a man of many words, but when in this time, he steps up and, and he gives me exactly what's needed or what I, I might not want to hear, but he knows I need to hear it. So very instrumental, very instrumental. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a good lesson for those who are in ministry that do have spouses. Listen to your spouse. Um, I, I do respect the order, you know, God, the man, the wife. So the, the anointing flows down. Absolutely. So, so even if you're a man who has a wife, guess what? It, definitely God is giving you the vision, but God is giving, also giving you a helpmate. Listen to her, mm -hmm. listen to her because mm -hmm. she might not always agree or just might have a different perspective. It goes both ways. Absolutely. I agree. And I'm, you know, my husband, as you know, is um, the same with me. You know, he's released me to do this ministry and it's a difficult ministry. And I've been able to move forward because he is my covering and he is also my mentor, my confidant, and, um, and that really is, an, it's a partnership. You know, you not see him publicly, but he's definitely there, you know, and I could yes. not do it without him. So I praise God for Deacon Ron. Um, yes. Fast forward, you've taken a year out and then the Lord led you to start again. So this is second time around. How did yes. that work? Well, uh, ministry never stopped for me. Ministry never stopped. It just took on a different form. So in the, um, when I launched the church ministry, the brick and mortar church ministry, I also shortly after that launched this group called Christian Women Preachers United, which mm -hmm. is now known as the Well Christian Women's Network. While one door closed, the other door, the Christian Women Preachers United was flourishing. Yes. It flourished. Um, and it was strange. And I was like, okay, God, what is this about? You know, why over here, this is, is flourishing, but yet over here, the, the door was closed. Um, one thing he had to show me was that um, uh, the way the setup was that the two organizations were different. The, the, the Christian Women Preachers United was a, uh, uh, it's an organization. It's a, fellowship that doesn't require a lot of commitment. It's a, more of an outreach. It's, you know, it flows differently. It flows differently. The nature and the vision of that is, was totally different from the church. However, it was still ministry, still is ministry. Um, and even through that organization, I learned because I was able to connect with different parts of the body that was diverse, diverse backgrounds, diverse uh, denomination, uh, different ways, uh, uh, let's say methods of doing ministry. So being connected from women, let's say on a global level, because you don't necessarily have to leave your territory to be yeah. global. And especially in Florida, Florida is a very diverse region of the world. So mm -hmm. I, I start getting more of a uh, different view, a different aspect of, of how ministry can be done. 
yeah. um, just learning. Um, so that helped um, going back, humbling myself and going back to my home church, um, Empowerment Church of Jacksonville, where uh, my bishop is uh, uh, Dr. Isaiah Kirkpatrick, going back yeah, and serving. Wonderful man. Yes, in his ministry. And guess what? I just want to put that out there. Uh, the Lord has a way to humble you. Just because one door closes, closes does not stop ministry. I was still always a pastor without necessarily having a congregation. The Lord grew me up. He had to teach me some more lessons in between then. And so we launching back out, I was careful, uh, making sure that the Lord was truly leading and guiding me to launch back out. Um, I knew that it was coming. I just didn't know when I had to wait for the release. But with all of the experience, even through um, the Well Christian Women's Network, we did community events uh, we were doing communities events. Those were successful. We did a conference, uh, the meetings. Um, all of that began to grow. But in the growing process, God was teaching me. He was developing me and still is, because guess what? I still make mistakes. But he had to develop me more as a leader. Because it's, it's not, when you're a pastor, yes, you might be anointed to teach and preach that word of God and, and feed the people with it. However, uh, uh, being a leader, being a leader is developed over time. And God had to develop me uh, into a leader. And that's why even before when I look back, he is even now teaching me to take responsibility. You can't blame the people for failures, because as the leader, it is your responsibility to lead. Did you equip them? Yeah. Did you disciple them? Yeah. So all of those things. And when you drop the bar, do you take responsibility? Because see, you're going to make mistakes as a leader, as a pastor. However, when the people see, hey, I acknowledge I dropped the ball. I messed up. I didn't get it right. It makes it more uh, integrity, your character. It builds that of course. as a leader. So as looking back, humbly, I say, the Lord had to grow me up. Mm, that, that's interesting. Yeah, and you're keeping it real because um, sometimes it's difficult for people to admit where they've gone wrong. But in admitting where we've gone wrong, it, it's actually a strength, not a weakness. And you'd be surprised the amount of people that will be helped when you say, look, I messed up, right? Mm -hmm. I need to learn from this. We need to learn from this. How can we move forward? So you've now reopened, if I may say in that way, um, mm -hmm. the, the assembly, the church, but you're doing it differently. Tell me what the differences are now. Yeah, um, the differences are right now, because of COVID-19, we're totally online. Everything's online. So the Bible study is online. The worship service is online. It's everything. And we're, and we're all over social media. Okay. Mm. We were before as the ministry. We, we did that before, but now it's even more so. So we're strictly online. However, we will be going back to the community uh, once again, when the Lord says so. Yeah. So um, one thing in the process, he's given me patience. 
<laughs> more patience because um, a lot of times we can think we're patient and we think we're moving in his will. However, uh, we got to make sure that we're not in a rush to do anything. You know, I've learned the importance of waiting on him. So, so now we are, are online and, and, and the blessing in, in this minister match is that he, even in the, in the waiting, he's downloading. I know we're going to launch back out in public, but he's downloading so many things to me in the secret place. And, and let me just give you an example of this. I don't know what it's like over there in Europe, but over here in the United States, uh, the times have changed <laughs> and they're changing every day. So much going on, the times have changed and we as the body of Christ, we need to be aware of the sign of the times. And, and, and because times have changed, our methods of doing ministry have to adjust with the changing climate. And that's why, again, um, uh, what has been revealed to me in, in a secret quiet place is that a lot of ministries, we just can't go back to doing things the way we used to do it before 2020. A lot of the methods that we used before may not be effective now. The, the masses of the people before Corona happened, before it happened, church was on the decline as far as attendance anyway. This was before Corona. It was our church attendance. And you know this, Minister Madge. If over here in the United States and probably globally, I'm not sure globally, let's, let me just talk about the country I'm in. It's been on the decline. So now we have been shut up in our houses for months, about, what, five to six months? Um, and we weren't able to congregate. Um, coming out of this, uh, uh, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of, uh, let's say, racial tensions, in the midst of a, a strong political election, in the midst of so many things going on, our methods have to change. They have to because the times have changed. So coming out of this, more people are being connected to movements, right? There are many, I don't know about in Europe, but in, and over here, there's a lot of movement. But how many of those people are joining the movement of the kingdom of God? You know, the masses are, are, are following. So our response as the church, as leaders, our methods have to change. So I said, I, don't, I said all that, I, I pray I'm not rambling, but I, I said all that because me as a leader, as a pastor now, launching back out in the midst of all of this, it is important to me to be sensitive on how to do it. So right now it's online, but when we go in the streets, it's something different than the last time, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And um, I, I was at a conference yesterday, I had to say a Zoom conference, but I was at a conference yesterday and they were talking about church marketing, on digital. I'm very, very interested in it because I see a lot more opportunities than I see threats. Mm -hmm. And the speaker was talking about Google searches. And I'm aware of this, that exponentially, there are keywords that are being used on Google and on YouTube, because I don't know if people realize or listening, but YouTube is actually a search engine as well. 
So the two work together because Google owns YouTube. And um, the biggest search or one of the big searches is prayer. Another one is faith and another one is God. And I think there are two others. So people are actually looking for what we have. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they may be looking in other places outside um, the Christian faith, because this is, you know, we're talking as Christian believers. But if we could put ourselves and position ourselves in a way that those people can find us much more easily. So you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. This is what we need to be doing for such a time as this so that we reach those people and fulfill our collective mission, which is Matthew 28, 19 to 20. I want to ask you about a bit more about your assembly. You, um, you, you, you've now reset up, you are online, but there is still a lot of work to do. There's discipleship. Obviously, you have the Bible studies that come as part of the discipleship. What does your leadership structure look like at the moment? Very interesting. Um, Right now, uh, I can honestly say God is really setting this up because all of the people that's a part of Wise Choice Ministries right now are all seasoned. They're all clergy. All right. Wow. (laughs) Like, whoa. You're blessed. So so I'm not dealing with babes in Christ Mm. right now. Um, However, my prayer is that we're reaching those babes online. So the teaching and the training that that the Lord has me in now is at a higher level. I'm training individuals that can chew, let's say, chew the steak, meaning they're not on milk. Mm -hmm. So the level of training that I'm doing with them is different, even new for me. Even the old materials that I had for uh, the previous church, that's not going to work now. That Well, not to say not going to work, let's say for this little bit of time, because the the, the, the teaching I had then um, is, is different as far as leadership. Um, what I see now is the individuals that's connected to the ministry now has their own individual ministry. Uh, we serve twofold as a covering for their ministry, and they're connected with us right now. So... Um, some examples of a training, like one of our trainings, I did a training rules of engagement, meaning um, I had to do some training in their um, and continual training in their presentation on social media. Or so you know the word, you know how to rightly divide it. So let's talk about how you look on camera. How effective are you being to the audience on social media? Because uh, still. Some are still used to just being in the pulpit. Now is you're not in the pulpit, you're on you're on social media, meaning that you need to engage. You don't just need to talk at the people. So that's so I've trained in that area of and continual training of of again the sign of the times. This is what we're dealing with now. How are we going to respond? Cutting out a lot of less church rhetoric, a lot of religious talk, a lot of we're trying to reach people that have never been to church or, uh, you know, we say the unchurched, uh, you know, how, how do we reach them? How do we reach them? So that's some of the, tra- that's one example of the training uh, that I do. I see them as the Lord increases uh, our territory. They, they will be teaching the babes. 
I won't necessarily have to do it. So I'm sitting at, um, I'm teaching more so from a leadership position of not only uh, to help this ministry grow, but to help their, as I'm training them, it's a dual, their individual ministries will grow. It's interesting. It's got a couple of things here. Um, one of the things um, that uh, came to mind was what you're doing is actually apostolic um, mm -hmm. to a, a greater extent. Um, and the other big thing for me, because as you know, I have, have and do work with churches. What I have noticed is that there sometimes comes a hurt from the people that are reporting to the senior leader as you are but have a ministry under their church and they get and some some have been threatened i've seen churches basically split because of that now what makes your move different in this area i mean you're obviously not threatened by that so how does that work with you and them it, it works great because again, um, what God has revealed to me is that sometimes the church has defined what, when I say the church, the people in the church has defined, well, this is what church is supposed to look like in this way. When actually, you know, the church is this organism did I say that right? Y'all know what I talk about biology. I know what you're talking organism. about. Organism. <laughs> organism. I'm taking you yeah. back to biology 101. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a living organism, okay? And the, 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 the God has gifted the body so richly with gifts. However, a lot of what I see a lot of, like you say, assemblies or churches, they only want to use the gifts for the local body only and won't meaning that they thinking that they own the rights only to the gifts, which the gifts are given by God. Okay. And God determines really the local church really is supposed to be the training ground, the, the equipping ground for individuals to flourish in what God has called them to do. And, 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 and what pastors and leaders have to understand, when we understand that those people don't belong to us, they belong to God, number one. Our role in their life is to equip them to walk in their purpose, but God determines what that purpose looks like. So if your purpose is, uh, uh, um, let's say you're a part of the ministry, but God has given you a ministry to to outreach for women in shelters you know really my role in that is to make sure that you're equipped with everything that you need to be successful in what he has called you to do and guess what what if that shelter is in another state what if it's in another country it does not matter mm. it doesn't matter the the, the the spiritual aspect of this is that god has connected us because Obviously, you need something for me. And guess what? I need something for you, too. Because mm -hmm. just because I have been given the title of pastor and overseer does not give me the right to own the gifts or the people do not belong to me. We are the body of Christ. We are a living 
organism. We are, you know, so, so really we are supposed, you had mentioned earlier the Great Commission, but let's remember what the Great Commission says. What is the first word, Mr. Madge, is for us to go. Yes, go. It, said, it says, go ye therefore mm. and make disciples. Mm. And guess what? So that going and making disciples, God determines the method of what that looks like. So the method might be the ministry that he has given you. So we, as the collective body of Christ, when we understand that all of us have been commissioned to go, that means people may be with you for a minute or they may be with you for a long season, but God always determines what that looks like. And as long as we as leaders can recognize and acknowledge that, Mm. That will help all of us fulfill what God has called us to do. Well, that was that was really powerful. <laughs> that was really powerful. <laughs> I hope people are taking notes of, of that because, you know, we're going to break this down in, in, in this episode. And of course, for everybody listening, the show notes are always there with a rough transcript of what's been said and when so if you're interested in specific topics then you can look at the show notes and of course the link to wise choice ministries and everything will be there in the show notes wherever you listen to podcasts so um you and i are women yes <laughs> a bit obvious to say but we're women and i love being a woman and i know you love being a woman but there are certain challenges sometimes that come with being a woman, particularly operating in ministry or the church. Not in every area, not in every sector, not with everyone, but tell me about some of the challenges you've had. I have had challenges since the day I accepted the calling to preach the gospel mm. of Jesus Christ. However, when I think back, on the, I had challenges before I accepted the call <laughs> of, uh, to preach this gospel. I have experienced challenges and still do to this day. Mm. Uh, more so now, it's more uh, subtle. When I, I remember before when I first started out, it was more vocal. Mm. Now it's more subtle. It's more of the nonverbal, non-silent stones, as we might call them, that I wow. received. Wow. Okay. So, Which is more difficult to, to live with in a way, isn't it? Yeah. It's, 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 um, um, however, I have just learned to, this is what it is. God uh, settled this in my spirit a long time ago, Minister mm. Madge, long time mm. ago. Mm. Um, he already knew and, and, the, and, and, and he settled in, in my spirit because he, he reminded me that I don't, don't waste time trying to get them to believe in mm. women preachers. Mm. Spend your time getting them to believe in me. And that's why I choose to spend my time and energy when it comes to this gospel. Mm. Um, I was telling somebody the other day that um, many people have come up against me uh, for being a women preacher. We all know the scriptures that they use. And I let them know that um, I don't regret none of it. Mm. I don't because... There has been many women, men, boys, and girls 
who have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ because I chose to obey God rather than opinion. And for that, I have no regrets because guess what? Somebody's soul got saved. Um, and if people still have a problem with people responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ because of who or how it's being delivered, well, that's between them and God. Because at the end of the day, let's get back to what you said, Minister Madge, the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, he told us to go make disciples. Mm. That's what he told us to do, to go make disciples. Our children on the earth belong to God. They don't belong to us. We argue over so many things in this life. But guess what? There's people that's dying on this earth that do not know the Savior. Would you rather them respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ by any means necessary? Or would you rather waste your time about who's presenting or representing it to them? And that's mm. all I had to say. Let's drop the mic now. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to say. Other than I have to say um, what I would would add to that is if we are looking at and and as we know we all know the sorts of the bible verses uh, particularly in corinthians that are used um uh, to say you know women shouldn't do this that and the other but if we're only looking at that might those micro verses in context of our own mission then i think we've lost the point really that's all right. I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just been fantastic talking to you. And, and before we go, I want to ask you, what would you, what one piece of advice would you give a leader who's perhaps in a situation where they're either wanting to start a ministry or maybe give up at this point? What would you say to them? Um, I would let them, I would tell them to humble yourself. Um, also, I read this book called, there it is, Soul Keeping. It's a book I read called Soul Keeping. And one of the, there's a quote in the book that really st stuck out to me um, that resonated in my soul, changed my life on this year. And the, and the author was a quote from somebody. And he said, we must eliminate hurry in our life. We can't be quick to make decisions. If I haven't learned anything in this walk, I'm still learning the value of patience in God. I'm learning the value of humility in God. I'm learning the value of wisdom in God. And I'm also learning the very strong lesson of making sure that we are hearing from God. Because let me tell you this, we could be so saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, spirit-filled, blood-filled, believers, you know, shake down, all of these things. However, we have to understand and recognize we're still in the flesh. Even the mighty men and women that God used in the Bible still had flaws and errors. They still had them. So it don't matter how, if, if King David, as great as he was, still mm. had issues. 
guess what we do too but but i remember if you want to give up <laughs> if you want to give up let me just leave you with this first john 15 16 says you didn't choose me but i chose you and i ordained you to bear fruit and that your fruit shall remain then the next part of that verse says and whatever you ask in my name it shall be done so as far as a preacher or a pastor i'm a witness that giving up is not an option you are everything that god has chosen you to be despite of what it looks like remember i said i was still that pastor without a brick and mortar yeah i was still that i was still doing apostolic work without the title of an apostle go on <laughs> okay okay so so the, the so the giving up is never an option hmm. you know that's just flesh having this way for the one who is thinking about starting the ministry i want to encourage you and admonish you to make sure that you are hearing clearly from the lord and you know it's him because he told us that my ways ain't my your ways and my thoughts ain't your thoughts so a lot of the things that he will have for us to do might not make sense and might not well well god well, what what do you mean don't uh go get the lease on this building what do you mean for me to go online and I'm not comfortable being online? I don't like talking in front. I don't, I don't even know how to use technology. What do you mean, God, to reevaluate the people that surround me and maybe cut some ties? What do you mean, God? Now I'm talking about relaunching re out because sometimes you think that the people that was with you before are supposed to come with you now. We always must remember the scriptures. God said he's doing a new thing. But yet he asked the questions, but do you see it? So make sure that as you are restarting to have your spiritual eyes open and your, see, the Bible talks about a ear. We have ears, but as pastors and leaders, we have to make sure that our ear, singular, is listening. Not, the, not these, the ear, the singular ear is mm -hmm. listening because once again, Minister Madge, I just said it, the time has changed. And newsflash, it's going to continue to change. You got to make sure your motives and you have clear direction on what you're supposed to do. Because guess what, pastors? I'm just flowing, Minister Madge, and I'm done. I'm just flowing. <laughs> guess what? You might be so gilled, gifted and skilled in that pulpit. But the... but what if God says, but I don't want you to go back in the pulpit. I want you to run for government or, or I want you to go to this region and I need you to serve in this capacity. Yeah. Meaning it doesn't look familiar, but I'm still admonishing you to go. Times are changing and guess what? More prophecy. Is being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. We have to respond accordingly. That's all I got to say. Mm, well, that is so rich. That was so rich. And I just love talking to you. We we could talk for hours anyway. We do yes. sometimes talk for hours, actually. Yes. But um, yes. I, I want to thank you, Dr. Shana Wise, for your 
wise words, words that I think, you know, people will resonate with and particularly chew over. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that people give us some feedback on these particular episodes because they're so important to e equip uh, leaders in the church at the moment. So we'll get those out. And I want to say thank you so much for your time, which I never take for granted. God bless you. Minister Madge, I want to in return thank you for um, uh, having me come on your show. You are doing a great work. To all of those that's out there watching, this woman of God has been a tremendous blessing to me and my ministry. And if you are struggling in ministry, if you need answers, I admonish you to connect with this woman of God. I admonish you to do that. I am a witness uh, to the benefits of the gifts that God has put in this woman, Minister Madge Obasaki. So connect with her. She is a wealth of wisdom and knowledge. Thank you, thank Minister Match, for having me on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you gained some insights. If you did, please share the show link with other leaders. And don't forget, every Monday, we'll release another episode of the Healthy Church Growth Show.